in that. And I think that like leaving it in God's hands, he's so much bigger and can take care of those things. And as much as you care about your brother, God cares about him even more. I think it'd be safe to say that every single one of us has asked ourselves the question, where is God? Hi everyone, my name is Kelvin and welcome back to Elevate Retake. Today on the podcast, we're talking about just that, making sure that we understand that there always is a God. This is the latest message from Elevate Retake. It's about the story of Naaman and what God was able to do in his life and what lessons we can learn. There was four of us in the studio. Hey guys, my name is Ruben Casabona. I'm pastor for media and communications for the King Seventh-day Adventist Church. Hi, my name is Isaac and I am a sophomore here at Southwestern Adventist University. I'm Michael. It's nice to, nice to see everybody again. It was a fantastic conversation, so let's get right into it. This is Elevate Retake. There is a God. I loved the simplicity of the title because I think sometimes we need to just be reminded that God is there. Um, and we've been listening to these messages about radical faith, and I believe we're uh, living in times when radical faith is definitely needed in today's world. Uh, I heard a pastor say uh, one time, we need a, a members with faith that can hold a brave-hearted gospel, something like that. Hmm. And sometimes we need to be reminded of the simple fact that there is a God, which is the title of the message that we're going to unpack here. I absolutely love the message. It related to me a lot. And it, it really, I wrote down a few things and it says, not it's not about what you're going through. It is what God can help you go through. Mm. And what that means to me is no matter what the struggles are that you're going through in life, that God will always be there for you to lift you up and bring you through the hard times. Mm. Mm. I like that. It's a beautiful message. Ruben and I were actually messaging about this earlier today. I really liked the the part in uh, his message where he talked about Elisha extending shalom to Naaman and Naaman being an outsider. Elisha used the Jewish greeting, welcoming him into mm. the fold and mm. making space for the outsider at the insider's table. Mm. And I think that that... The show of how the covenant works and how God brings people in, like that was just that was like the the moment for me. So you obviously gave the message. Yeah. What was your favorite part of your message? Actually, that was my favorite part. We were talking with Michael. Hey, yep. um, that was my favorite part when I was reading about it, and um, Naaman uh, was being dismissed by Elisha. Mm -hmm. uh, he was uh, he received the words "Go walk in peace." You know, I was, yeah. and I went to to the original word. It's like. This this is some, there there's something there you know and I look and it, and it was the word shalom mm. so when I I I went and I studied a little bit more about it there's a big thing that when we speak in English you say go in peace you know goodbye but shalom was a such important word that it was a word connected with covenant with well being with an experience more than just just be be okay you know stop being being worried mm -hmm. and. For me, that was the biggest part, and the way that I put the title, uh, There is a God, it, it's a reason, uh, it's because in the first verses, um, I see that the little girl was pointing out to a true prophet, and behind a true prophet, there's a true God. Mm. And then also, uh, uh, Elisha was using the opportunity of this uh, this commander coming to, to Israel and actually learning about the true God mm -hmm. that is able to restore. So in, in the whole chapter, I see that 
there is a God. Like yes. there's some imprints there. And and I was I, I like simplicity, so I just went through the no, I think it's perfect. the title and just that's it. Yeah. I like when you said behind a true prophet there's a true God, but I think if I'm not mistaken in your message, you also said behind a true Christian. A true witness. A true yes. witness. Yes. Uh there's yes. a true God. Yeah. And um that's that's such a, a great feeling to know that yes. you've got a bodyguard behind you yes. at, at all times. So my favorite part, which is kind of interesting and something that I had never, I mean, how, time, how many times have we heard this story? I'd never really paid attention to verse one. Mm. And at the beginning, uh, it says that God was using Naaman to get victory <laughs> in everything that he did. God using a, a non-believer to gain victory, what's going on? And I, I wanted to see what you guys' thoughts on this were. Could, could God use an, an enemy for, for good? Can can he use enemies to perform miracles? Um, I think the answer is yes, but I wanted to hear your thoughts on, because that verse struck to me immediately, because I was like, man, I've heard this story since I was a little kid, but I never even read verse one and realized God was already using Naaman. Mm. Yeah, I didn't realize that either. Um, that it so explicitly says that God was giving Naaman victory yeah. against the Israelites. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And to think about the the times where we have our own frustrations with God because it's like, why is my enemy getting victory over me right now? Mm -hmm. And maybe my defeat is someone else's blessing. I don't know. That's 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 hard to wrestle with. Well, constantly mine is like when Joshua was about to conquer the land and, mm -hmm. and he finds a man, which actually happened to be Jesus. Right. And, and Joshua was just thinking and and us versus them. And he was asking the person, are you one of us or are you one of the enemy? Mm -hmm. And then Jesus actually answers, no, I'm neither in both. You know, mm -hmm. I'm the commander of the, the heavenly host. I, I yeah. am bigger than the sides that you have here on earth. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. bigger than, than this uh, political stances mm -hmm. that we can have and divide us. I'm bigger than even bigger than religion, if I dare to say that, you know. So... I, I like how there's this God that is bigger than just the Israelites. And actually, the, I feel that the purpose of the Israelites was to, to show that God was for all humanity, mm. not just mm -hmm. for them, but for everybody. Yeah, mm. like we went on with that. Like God, even though that there may be some people that take advantage of him, but God will always be there even with the bad people mm -hmm. to bring them back into the light to make them have a good pathway and to bring them out of darkness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think with that goes a little bit of what we talked about last week where God will inter interwove, interweave himself is the word, I guess, into our schedules to even use other people to perform miracles, not mm -hmm. only for our lives, but even for them as, as well. Mm -hmm. um, there's a message that you, there was many messages in the sermon that I loved, but there was <laughs> one that you particularly talked about uh, when the king of Israel gets the message and he freaks out yeah, and he starts thinking about himself. Uh, that hit me because I think in the past I've struggled with thinking that whatever was going on is just all about Kelvin, right? It's yeah. Kelvin, 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 right? And he's worried. He's thinking that the whole story is about him. And so I phrased a question that I want to throw. How do we know when God is asking us to be part of or help in the miracle and not the actual miracle itself? Because he wasn't, he, you know, the, the king was not... Mm. You get what I'm trying to say with the question? Let me just throw throw that out there. <laughs> the answer is yes. Okay. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I mean, uh, faith is about believing that mm. 
whatever is in your hand, whatever is happening to you, God turns it for good. Okay. You know, like uh, the situation of Joseph, you know, in the Old Testament, situation of Daniel, situation of the little mm -hmm. girl that was a captive. We don't even know her name. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like everything that goes through your life, God can use it for a miracle. Maybe even the king, if he had the enough faith, I mean, I'm just speaking, just, I don't know, mm -hmm. he would have been able to do the miracle if he, if he himself has faith. You know, Jesus says, if you had faith, you will be able to do this and greater things than that. So um, I feel our calling is whatever's call, coming to us, just be in this ab abundance mindset to the point that when it happens and the moment comes, we are just overflowing. Mm -hmm. and we're overflowing to the point that mm -hmm. miracles happen. Mm -hmm. They don't happen because Jesus happened to to be the right person at the right time, and just in the, in your in I think in our lifetime we'll have many chances to to be uh, the sources of miracles because mm -hmm. God is working through us. Mm -hmm. yeah. And added on to that fact is that some people are afraid to step out of their comfort zone and getting into where God wants you to mm -hmm. be. But once people step out of that comfort zone, you reach your faith in what you believe in and you know that God will always have your back. Mm -hmm. So stepping out of that will lead you into higher and greater expectations for yourself. Mm -hmm. I like that. Naaman was given a very simple task, I think, in my eyes. Uh, and we often get simple tasks, I think, assigned by God. But when God gives us something so simple to do, like, hey, just go in the river and dip yourself seven times and you'll be healed. Why do we, we complicate ourselves so much. And Naaman's like, well, well, that's fine, but why didn't he come out and meet me? And why this and why that? <laughs> why is that? Why, why do we do this when God something gives us so simple to do what is it is it just our human nature is it just is it just our sinful nature that that makes us complicate these simple things i don't think we like being uncomfortable mm. okay because um, i think maybe naaman hearing about the god of israel i i th i think he he had an expectation in his mind mm. about what the god of israel was about and what uh what to expect when he came and there's probably some influence uh in how the nation that he's coming from deals with healings and spirituality. And there's probably a little bit of that influencing what his expectation is. Uh, but I think in that moment, God is even in the process of the blessing, trying to teach Naaman about how his kingdom works. Mm -hmm. And that out of, it's kind of this upside down, inverted kind of process that out of the, the least you become great and the great become least. And I think it's kind of a humbling moment for Naaman. Mm. And and God, I think there's also a price to to God's blessing. He says, mm. are you willing to humble yourself to the point that you'll go to the Jordan River, dip yourself seven times, and then you'll be healed? Are we willing to place ourselves in a, in a place of discomfort in order to receive God's blessing? Mm. And there there was a part that I left out because of time, but... I, uh, it's interesting the transition in language that Naaman was doing. Uh, he was saying like, I was expecting Elisha to 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 wave his hand and to to call to his God. You know, it was like it was uh, his God. Mm -hmm. It was like so far from him, so he could yeah. not see that there was a miracle that uh, it was about to take place. Wow. And and it was not his God. It was Elisha's God. You know. And then when the miracle happens, then they say, Oh. 
I now I see that there is no God. I'm not going to worship another God, but this guy that I just encountered. Wow. So there's a big contrast that I see when Naaman was saying, oh, that's his God. Like sometimes we, we, we want to keep God as close as we conveniently can, but at the same time at an arm's length. Mm-hmm. And miracles happen when we actually let him experience, have experience with us. And on to that is like with miracles, like sometimes miracles come out of nowhere. Like mm-hmm. it can happen at the most random times, but miracles will always happen in God and name it and anything could possibly happen. And it will always lead into right paths. Like, so. Mm-hmm. Has there been a time when maybe God, you felt gave you something simple? And you just absolutely overcomplicated it the way that we love to do. About something simple that I overcomplicated was my spiritual life. My spiritual life was a performance. And there was a point in my life where I was just going through the motions. And just I needed to read my Bible every morning. Because if I didn't read my Bible, God's curse was going to be upon me. Or he was not going to protect me, you know. Mm-hmm. Or this example, like if I enter to this place, the angels are not going to be there. So I'm not going to be protected. And, and that fear-induced uh, uh, behavior of religiosity was invading my heart. There was a point in my life when I hit a big crisis. And I hit a big crisis in, even in my marriage. And, and I had to decide and, and make a decision, you know what? What is the most important thing in my life? Mm-hmm. Walk in peace. Walk mm. with this experience of abundance. Not to think, overthink. Like we make simple things so complicated. Mm-hmm. And Jesus came here to make to 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 say, "This is simple, guys. <laughs> love God, love each other. Don't overcomplicate with more, more, putting more burden into yourself." We traditionally want to overcompensate by doing things, mm. and that's what I explained in the sermon later on. Like we just want to make it up to God. But it's never been about that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's 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 my experience, my personal experience. Yeah, I think for me, and it's one that I still wrestle with to this day, is the simple complexity of working in pastoral ministry. Mm-hmm. And I think God has simply called me to love other people and share His love with them. But I regularly on a daily basis, I still haven't figured it out. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Overcomplicate it by thinking oh, I've got to have, you know, this perfect sermon graphic or I've got to, mm. this program just has to be at this, like this is how it's got to be. Or um, I need to be going here and doing that. And then this Bible study over there and then that and that and it becomes performance based versus I like how you pointed out room, just walking in peace. Mm-hmm that the it, it changes your outlook on life. When you walk in peace, you're not running from here to there. Mm-hmm. You're simply doing the thing that's next in front of you. Um, so yeah, personally, that's what I, I wrestle with. I, um, when I was, oh boy, let's see, 15, boy, 15, 16, something like that. Uh, my brother moved out of the house. Mm-hmm. He moved, went to live in Arizona. We have the same mom, different dads. So he went to go live with his dad. And uh, that was big for me as just a teenager because my brother, you know, my brother left. And as we made the transition in the years past, he left the church. And um, But as the years passed and we moved to Texas, I think as a family, we, we have overcomplicated ourselves as to well, how can we bring Alex and his family back into the church? And we're like, man, what if we invite him to this and we give him this and we'll mm. invite him to all this stuff and maybe that'll like draw him back. Mm. When 
you know, we were talking about this. With, I was talking with my dad earlier this week, and we were like, man, what if, like, what if we just leave that complicated stuff to God and just love my brother and his family the way that he needs to be loved? Um, yeah. And eventually, by our example, God will do God will do the rest, right, to, to, yeah. to, to bring him back. Yeah. Um, so I think simple stuff, just like name and we, complicated all, all the time, all yeah. the time. And I think like leaving it in God's hands, he's so much bigger and can take care of those things. And as much as you care about your brother, God cares about him even more. Even more. Mm. Yeah. So you kind of went right where I was going, which is perfect. Uh, yes. the go in peace and how it really means walk in peace, but it still has an even deeper meaning into that. Um, you kind of mentioned at the beginning being your favorite part, Michael, of, of the message, Elisha telling him, look, you're, you're, you're one of us now. You're, you're, it, it, it's okay. Um, I, I wanted to see if you could kind of expound a little bit on, on that idea of, of walking, walking in peace, go in peace, and kind of how Elisha, just so that we can get a clear picture, how Elisha reached, was reaching out to him in that way. How I felt and how I pictured it, and I may be wrong, but uh, I felt that Naaman was thinking so much about a future that, that was not there yet. He was thinking about, I'm going to worship this God and I, mm. I want to make sure I'm doing it right. I want to make sure that I'm bringing this piece of land to my country. A little superstitious, you know, like, God, you don't need to bring a piece of earth. Yeah. God is everywhere. You can worship <laughs> everywhere, anywhere. But he was thinking, or or here, here Gehesa, I have more gifts. So he was all about doing things, which is okay. I mean, for the most part, we are so thankful for what God does in our lives right. that we want to give something. Giving something is not the problem. I feel that the issue comes when you feel that, that what you're giving is a payment back to God. When sure. you are not paying back to God, you're just living a life and God is living through you. So so Elisha telling Naaman, go in peace, was uh, of course of course saying farewell farewell, but was also a statement of experience. Shalom for for a Jew. If you ask what shalom means to them, it's a statement of of a complete state of being in balance with God, in tune with God. Mm. So shalom is is more than just peace. It's just oh, just calm down, dude. No, it's it's literally an experience. <laughs> it's literally an experience of of trust. And and know that God is in control. We use that that a lot, especially in difficult times. But He for real is. Mm -hmm. So Elisha telling Naaman, "Go in peace." Elisha was not pronouncing judgment to whatever Naaman was going through in terms of what is proper, what is good, what is not, what should I do, what should I not do. He was saying, you know, God is gonna do the the, the work in your life. Mm -hmm. You know, and there's gonna be a, a point where you're gonna understand that it's not about the land that you bring to to your to your mm -hmm. land. Yeah. That it's not about the the, the God and, and the God Raymond and the King. Uh, he will sort it out. God will sort that out later. But just walk yeah. today mm -hmm. yeah. in that shalom. Yeah. So that was the part that really got to me. And there is, um, adding on to what you said, there, 
one of the other things that really stuck out to me was you said, there's no but that makes God love you any less. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, that just fits up to what perfectly with what you just yeah. said. God, God will always love you more. He will never love you less because yep. there is no words that can explain how much God loves every single one of us and how much he wants to be there for us every yeah. single time. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's a testament to how much of a process Christian relationship is in that it wasn't the moment for Elisha to be like, all right, buddy, you want to know how to worship God? Like, let me tell you about the mm, Seventh-day Adventist fundamental mm. beliefs, right? Let me, you, do you agree to all 28 of them? No, he's, this is, this is a process. Yeah. And it's almost kind of a, like, I imagine in my mind, like a grandfather with a grandson that the grandson's like, just wanted to get it right. The grandfather's like, you'll learn. <laughs> you know, just kind of pats him on the back. Just go in peace. Because it wasn't the transformation for Elijah or for Naaman was recognizing that there is a God in Israel. Yes. And that was yes. enough for that moment. Yes. And I think there was probably more transformation in Naaman's life and all that. But in how specifically he worshiped, like you're saying, it's like it's not the it's not about getting to the end game and the end goal right off the bat. Mm. And applying that to today, how are we welcoming people into the covenant of God? And are we expecting new believers who come to our faith that come into our worship services, that, that volunteer, are we expecting them to sign off on this huge list of do's and don'ts? Mm-hmm. Or are we saying, hey, we're in the process just like you are. Mm-hmm. And let's come together. And our commonality is that we're broken and we're seeking Jesus to help fill our broken pieces. I started writing notes um, at the end to, to kind of go with walk in peace. And, and the, what I thought of, my translation was the verse, be still and mm. know that I am God. Wow. To me, that was, came to mind. I was like, man, that's, to me, that, that walk in peace is perfect. Be still and know that I am God. Um, when you mentioned walk in peace, I, I thought of Jesus because I think he is the perfect example of fulfilling what God wanted him to do. And he was able to walk in peace mm-hmm. everywhere that he went. Um, he never got on a car and he never flew and he never even teleported. If he could have, <laughs> but Jesus w- walked in, in, in God's peace everywhere that he went and he was able to do everything that he, that he needed to do. Um, and even extra stuff, <laughs> all by walking in that peace that he had from his father. And mm-hmm. so when Elisha sends him away, and I mean, we, we hope that Naaman got it. Um, hopefully he walked in peace. Um, but I, but I loved how you kind of ended that and how it just kind of fit into our lives perfectly. Be, be still, have peace. Know that, that I'm God. It, it's okay. Yes. Yes, exactly. There's, there's also like that walking peace. Somehow it connects with me with the experience of Peter walking in water, you know, Probably he was walking in Shalom for a little bit, and and I connect, I kind of tied it with walking in this abundance, you know, of looking at the Father, looking at Jesus, look at the at your God, mm-hmm. because Jesus, as you mentioned, he 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 was God, he was human, he was here, mm-hmm. and, and what was the, the the secret? If you want to call it a secret, it was not a secret. He was so connected with his Father, eternal Father. He mm-hmm. was always walking in abundance, mm-hmm. yeah. and what he was giving was what the Father was giving. Uh, in, through Jesus to other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Peter was 
uh, fine in the first steps, and then he 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 fell. You know, he started probably living, uh, thinking that it was about himself and mm. scarcity. He started drowning. Mm-hmm. But Jesus does not leave him to to die there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So even in the moment of scarcity. He comes and, and and he asked a question like, "Why did you doubt? Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> why do you doubt?" Yeah, but yeah. but he's there, he's there, and that experience of peace is like walking in water, literally. Yeah. Despite yeah. the storm that was going around. Oh yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Elevate Retake. I hope you gained a better understanding of God and why He is always there for you. There is no reason for you to doubt in any way that there always is a God. You can connect with us through Instagram, the link in the description, as well as leave us a voice message as well. That is in the description, too. We love connecting with you in every way that we can. Above all else, we're seeking to build a thoughtful community through podcasting, and we are so grateful that you're here. If you liked what you heard today, or you were challenged in a new way, consider sharing this episode with your family or your friends. I'm Kelvin, and I'll catch you on the next episode of Elevate Retake.